I definitely hit like the breaking point during sessions and just felt like I needed to stop doing it or give up. But I just remember like, you got to take it day by day. You have to focus on the small goals, the small wins, nailing out sessions that seem impossible at the time, being able to look back and realize like that's going to help me reach that long-term goal, that huge goal in four years. Like that's what gets me through. But I've definitely had periods where I just want to stop and think it's not worth it anymore. Then I just have to bring myself back and realize, you know, Ellie, this is three to four years, okay? It's okay if you have one bad day. We're just going to try our best, see what happens on the day, no matter what. That was Ellie Abrahamson, and this is episode 108 of the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. What's up, YT community? I am fired up to be back this week with a fresh look into the always challenging and rarely glamorous life of triathlon as a profession. But first, I'm Jess, I'm your host, and this is the place where we share stories of people looking, finding, and living their purpose. People who are going against the grain of society, following their heart's deepest callings, and getting to the other side of fear and resistance time and again and again and again. We dig in and we ask the how. And from what we're hearing, this pod is assisting many in shifting their lives more into the direction of where they want it to go. Consciousness people, this is how we become the architects of our lives. And it all starts with the courage to take the first step. Having been connected with the USAT college recruitment program while still in school, Ellie graduated college just last year, passed up the quote unquote traditional professional path and followed a deeper calling into sport. This girl isn't new to competition, having raced crits at the age of 11 and taking the podium as Iron Kids champ at the age of 12. But that doesn't mean there aren't some days that she just wants to turn her back and run in the other direction. This has been a year of discoveries for Ellie. She has woken up to the elongated timeline of what it means to be a developmental triathlete. She has been thrown full force into strengthening her weaknesses and day after day, workout after workout, she grinds away towards her dreams to be at the top. If there are two themes to take from this conversation, they are number one, don't give up. When things get tough, don't give up. Don't give up. And number two, sticking to our comfort zones does not a champion make. I think we shine some light on some blind spots during our chat. And with that, maybe, I hope, we made some way for clarity to shine through. Ellie is a runner. She is built like a runner and she runs like a runner. But she knows that in order to reach her goal of being at the top of WTS in just a few short years... Well, she can't just rely on her run. The game has changed, and it's young, determined athletes like Ellie who keep up-leveling the game. And speaking of up-leveling the game, you guys, we are in our eighth straight M21 challenge, and we have a ton of incredible athletes on board <clears throat> your competition. So just so you know, enrollment is always open. If the group thing doesn't call you, I work with athletes all over the globe in a one-on-one -on -one setting. And if I could, I would scream from the mountaintops about each one of their massive leaps in performance. Now that it's race season, my text alerts are lighting up on a regular basis. These athletes are kicking butt. And the only thing that's changed is their minds. Changed in a sustainable way using simple mindfulness practices backed up with accountability. So check out the show notes for links to find out more about taking your sport to the next level. BJ and I have been following Ellie's YouTube channel for a few months now, and the thing I love so much about her is her transparency. She's letting it all hang out, and this is vulnerability, you guys, and vulnerability is the bridge to power, something that so many of us athletes struggle with, but I know that no one is immune to it, and it is the precursor to growth. We must be open to feedback as our guest so graciously receives in our convo today. So let's do it. Let's dive in with professional triathlete, YouTube sensation, and the future WTS podium monopolizer, Ellie Abrahamson. Welcome to the pod studio slash home slash yoga studios nerve slash center <laughs> slash <laughs> training center oh, this is so intense welcome oh. welcome we do it all here thank you appreciate it yeah so i'm psyched to have you and the and well we started watching your videos on youtube and you know we swim at the same pool you're local here in carlsbad one of the things i loved about 
um, what you're going to bring to the show today, no pressure, is that, you know, we've, we've interviewed the ITU peeps, you know, Ben Canute and Eric and Matt and Taylor, and they all started out in the USAT program that you are in right now. Mm -hmm. All the the ITU peeps. Yeah, all the ITU peeps. (laughs) And we support that program, we meaning all us triathletes that buy our USAT membership. Mm -hmm. And I've been so guilty of like registering for an Ironman, which is like $800. However, I do remember when it was $500. Mm -hmm. I remember, I think it was like even below $500. And then I had to like renew my membership and I'm like, oh God, it's like another 50. And then we had a podcast with Barry Siff and we were talking, I mean, I had kind of grown past that hassle because obviously I realized I was supporting something good, a sport that I love. But when we talked to him about just how much of that money goes to the development of the future in the sport and mm-hmm. you girl are the future in the sport. Wow. That makes you feel very special. Yeah. Just like- <laughs> and I know it's super glamorous. Oh, like- it is a glamorous lifestyle. Yes. <laughs> Being a development triathlete, everyone's dream for sure. Tell us. I'm, I'm just training. Tell yeah. us about your life. Ever since I started doing triathlon, I have just spent my days swimming, biking, and running, and eating food. That is pretty much my life. And also hanging out with my other awesome developmental teammates. But yeah, my life's not too crazy. You know, I just I wake up and grind. I exercise a lot. <laughs> How many hours a week are you putting in? Uh, definitely varies depending on what kind of block we're in. But anywhere from 15 to 25 is usually the range I'm doing right now. Yeah, that's a pretty, yeah. that's solid. And then how much time, because you've got to recover, right? Like you're putting your body through rigors that you've probably never done before. Oh, yeah. It's nothing so, I ever expected to do, that's for sure. 100%. <laughs> so are you riding some waves with it? Like moments when, you know, you're like, oh my God, I'm living my dream. And moments when you're like, I can't. Yes, it's definitely an emotional roller coaster. I'm coming from a collegiate running background and... My last year as a runner, I was doing 70 miles a week. And I was like, man, this is intense training. Like, I'm running 70 miles a week. I just felt like I was doing a lot. And I never expected the triathlon volume to be what it is. Like, I now go out for, like, three-hour bike rides, all this stuff. And I'm like, this is, like, now it's normal. But at first, it was crazy. To get through, like, the, um, not only the physical barriers of, like, pushing your body, but the mental. Like, you're exhausted. Yeah. Like, now... Like I said, three hours is normal, but at the beginning, I really had to train myself mentally to get past like even a 90 minute bike ride or these things that seem short now, like they seemed so daunting at the beginning. And it's just amazing how you can train your mind and your whole perspective changes. How do you think you did that? How do you think you trained your mind? I think I'm just, I've grown up as an athlete, so I don't know. I'm just willing to like put myself through some hard times to get to the good times and to see the light at the end of the tunnel or reach that light at the end of the tunnel. And I just have to remind myself that it'll get easier if I just keep trudging away when it gets hard. Do you think that you went through the same thing when you were building up to 70 miles a week and running? Oh, 100%. So you were at 20 miles a week and then 30 and then... Mm -hmm. Like in high school, I would do like 30 to 40 maybe. And I always, you always think it's a lot. Like when you're in it, you're like, man, like I'm training a lot. But yeah, just building it up like year by year, I think is also what's made it easier for me. I'm not just like jumping. I guess with triathlon, I kind of did just jump into it. But the fact that I had spent so many years building up my running mileage, it definitely helped my mental state as well. And just the fact that I'm willing to put more effort into something. And what was the distance you were, so 70 miles a week. So our our audience is gonna be like, wow, that's like a lot of mileage. What was the race distance? Was it cross country? Was it track? Cross country and track. Both of them. And the track I, in track, I did the 3K steeple and the 5K. So it was like a longer distance track person, but nothing. I didn't do the 10K or anything like that. So 70 miles a week for a 5K. Yes. 70 <laughs> miles a week for a 5K. Sometimes only 60 miles a week. You know, it wasn't every week, but. But it's about building. It's about building the volume. You need mm-hmm. your body to, to be strong and, and soak up the speed, obviously, that you're going to have to oh, place yeah. on your body. Mm-hmm. So, so, what, so in the mind... So it seems like you were craving it, like yeah. you were gravitating towards the running and then you mm-hmm. went to Wake Forest? I went to Wake Forest, yes. Okay. To do just track or cross country as well? Yeah. So I knew I was going to do cross country and track. I ran in high school and then got recruited by a few different colleges, but decided on Wake in the end. And yeah, focused on distance running all four years. Knew I was going to do that. So. Where did you grow up? Did you grow up here in San Diego? I grew up in Encinitas. Nice. Yeah. So I'm a local. Never thought I'd be back here and doing triathlon and living 10 minutes away from my parents. But 
You know, it's really funny because when you <laughs> sometimes when you're growing up, maybe you can this resonates with you. But like, I grew up in Cape Cod, which people okay. are like, "Wow, people actually yeah. live on Cape Cod." I remember when I went to college out in Arizona, people were like, "People actually live on Cape Cod." I'm like, "Yeah, it was kind of ridiculous growing yeah. up by the beach and." Growing up there, but I was like, I got to get out of here and I'm never coming back, you know? And so when I think about Encinitas, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it's not like a vacation destination. I mean, it is a vacation destination. It is a vacation. Like, it's, did you ever have that? Like, I got to get out of Encinitas. Yeah. That's like what college was for me. I was like, okay, like, I've been here for too many years. I need to just have a change. I need to make a change. So I just, well, I guess I flew all all the way across the country. (laughs) I didn't didn't need to go that far, but I think it was good to get away because now that I'm back, I appreciate it so much more. And I'm like, okay, Encinitas is actually pretty cool. Encinitas is actually really cool. It's pretty amazing. So what about it do you appreciate now that you're back? Oh, there's so many things. Definitely like having friends and family here, but also just the vibe. I don't know. Like everyone's very relaxed, chill, sporty, athletic. Like it's just my kind of people, I guess. So definitely the people, just the overall culture. I like it. Cause, and I know Wake Forest, but oh, I can't remember where. Is it in the Carolinas? Yeah, North Carolina. Okay, that's like a totally different world. So No, it's definitely a totally different world. From Southern California. Oh, yeah. Like when I first got to Wake, I was, first of all, I had no clothing to wear that would match. Like they're all preppy. I didn't yeah. recognize any of the clothing. I was like, I don't think I'm going to do, like I can't do this. <laughs> Everyone's super nice, but it's just, it's different for sure. I find that New Englanders are super nice mm-hmm. once you get past their wall. Yes, and I can say that because I'm a New Englander. Yeah. Does that, did you find that? Because I, mean, I, I think in the East, like, you can find that. Yeah, no, definitely. I think Wake has a good mix of all different types of people. People coming from all over Yeah, the there's a lot of people from, like, the New England area. And mm-hmm. but there's also, like, the Southern people and some West Coasters. So it wasn't like nice. everyone was the same. But, like, yeah, I mean, growing up in New England, like, Southern California was yeah. a totally different world. Oh, yeah. I mean, but I wanted to live here for so long. I didn't even know mm-hmm. why, and now I do, and yeah. I now I know why. Yeah. Like, I know why, I know why people live here yeah, in California, no, and I'm happy to share it. Yes. Um, okay, so you go to Wake for running. Mm-hmm. You got, did you get a scholarship? I did. Yes. Nice. On parents were psyched. Yeah. Parents, that's all the parents wanted. They were like, <laughs> like in high school, they'd be hard on me. They're like, Ellie, you've got to do well in this race. Like they were just, I don't know. They were definitely hard on me, but for a good reason. And then once I got to college, they kind of backed off a little. little. They're like, all right, like, got your scholarship. You're yeah. Done. As they're like out drinking, like yeah. we, we don't have, we won't have the house wine tonight. Exactly. We'll have the, yeah, the name brand wine. <laughs> Our daughter got a scholarship. Yeah. And then where does triathlon come in? So I did triathlons when I was younger. I grew up swimming. So I swam on an age group team from around like five years old to 12. And then through that swim team, I found these little kid triathlons that I used to do. And so I did those for a little bit. I actually was the Iron Kids national champion when I was 12. What? Yeah. That was my peak of triathlon. So far. So far, yeah. Yes. That's the highlight of my triathlon careers when I was 12. Iron Kids champ. But yeah, so I did that for a few years. (laughs) Always knew that I loved triathlon. I just like the combination of the three sports. It was just different. It was nice to mix it up from just swimming or running. But from those little triathlons I found running, found out that I was a pretty decent runner. And high school and college has a lot more opportunities for just running than it does for triathlon, especially when I was younger. So I chose to focus on running since I was the best at that sport out of the three disciplines. And got to wake, did all the running, did the whole running thing, and then heard about this collegiate recruitment program from... Barb Lindquist. And I was like, what? Like, I don't, I wasn't really sure if I wanted to continue with athletics after college. Like I got a lot better in my senior year in running. So I knew I wanted to keep doing athletics of some sort, I think, but definitely did not expect triathlon to come across my path again. I thought I quit when I was 12 when I peaked, but yeah. So <laughs> talked to Barb and she told me about this program and I went to a camp after I graduated, um, a triathlon camp in Colorado tried out the sport for a little bit and decided I would give it a shot. And that's what I'm doing now. Now, is Barb one of their, like, USAT's recruiters? Like, did she reach out to you or did you know her just from I had, like, being the Iron Kids champ? I think my dad had, like, heard about the program and yeah. then saw the contact name, which was Barb's. Yeah. And then I reached out to her in February of my senior year. So I was in the middle of indoor track season, I think. And or what's your academic situation? Like, do you have a major? Are you? Or is there yes. something that you're, like, thinking – okay, I'm going to, after school, like I'm kind of done with all this running and I'm going to do what you're supposed to do. Did you have a part of that? No, yeah, definitely. I had had a couple internships in the summers prior to my senior year in marketing and I was a business and enterprise management major with a concentration in marketing. So I definitely expected to 
get a corporate job or just something more standard like that. But since I had found Barb pretty early in my senior year, like February, I hadn't lined anything up yet. So I was considering just going into the collegiate recruitment program right after I graduated. So you've got this profession and, and people you're in school with are going this professional path. Mm-hmm. And you're saying like, well, I just put all, I did internships and I put all these studies in and all this academics, but I might do so. I'm not even going to like, I'm going to do a totally different sport now. I mean, not totally different because you still have the running. Did you find like a pull towards it? Were you scared about not pursuing the professional route? I was definitely like nervous. I was like, I could just easily be done with running, stop working out. I was like that. And honestly, that sounded kind of good at the time. I was like, I have worked out since I was five years old. Like, obviously, I've taken some time off here and there. But no, I definitely I definitely thought of that as an option. But then I also thought that I'm 20. I guess I was 22 at the time. And I might as well see how far I can take athletics, even if it's risky, even if it might not be right for me, because you're only this young once. So I don't know. That was my mindset at the time. And I, just, I rolled with it. Yeah. So there was something that was just calling you into the sport. Yeah. And I knew I'd, like I said, done it when I was 12 and I really enjoyed it then. And why not try yeah. it professionally? I love it. Why yeah. not? Why, why not, not give it a shot? So where does it go from there? From after, from like getting in touch with Barb and yeah. saying, okay, I'm going to go oh. into the recruit. I'm going to go into this program and yeah. Oh, it's, it's probably going to take like six months and then I'll be like podiuming <laughs> yeah. at ITU. Right? I mean, that was my initial thought. I was like, oh, okay, like I'm gonna, a good runner. Like yeah, I don't I like got, toot I my own this. horn, but you know, like I was a decent runner and I was like, <laughs> I swam when I was 12. Like this will be easy. Like swimming, biking, running. So wait, I'm going to pause for a second because <laughs> we we want to give them some. We want to give our audience some numbers. So like, what what was your dis? Was it the 5K distance? Yeah, 5K distance. Like, what would you put that down in on a on a good day? What was your best day? 1601 was my 5K PR on the track. And then I focus on the steeple mainly, and my 3K steeple was 956. I don't know if anyone knows what the steeple is. Yes. <laughs> oh, I didn't yeah. I really know what they it know. was until. Yeah. You jump over steeples <laughs> and run. Yes. I jump over hurdles, big hurdles that <laughs> can definitely hurt you if you hit them. So, And then I jump into a water pit, too. It's, it's a, I do weird things, guys, if you haven't realized. <laughs> All right. So you're a good runner. You're like, yeah, yeah I got this. I got yeah. this. So then when, do the, when do, is your life like, yeah, this is and not going to be so beautiful. So I go to the camp in the summer and I hadn't swam at all. I think I had swam like maybe a couple times, like jumped in the pool. And then I had to show up to that camp where people had been swimming for a lot longer than <laughs> six times in the pool. And I got mauled. I was like, first of all, at altitude. And I hadn't seen, I hadn't been in the water I for years. And it was just a wake up call. I was like, this might take a little longer than I thought to get good in, at swimming and even biking, but definitely swimming. And after the camp, I was like, all right, we got to start grinding away. Um, and Barb isn't the coach of the actual collegiate recruitment program. It's Jared Evans. So, And since they're based here, I was able to start working with him pretty quickly after the camp. And I basically just went into a swim block for months, trying to hit certain swim times so I could actually get funding from USA Triathlon. Did they give you feedback? I'm assuming it's Colorado Springs. Yeah. Yeah. So did they give you feedback after that camp and was like, okay, for you, this is what Mm-hmm. the next step that you need to take yeah they did like swim they took like swim footage too so they, they were like were, you to the yeah, pool yeah you, Get you to need the to, pool. we need to change you into a swimmer <laughs> quickly but yeah no they provided a lot of helpful feedback and i just started i mean obviously i needed a lot of fitness too so i just started doing a lot of swim workouts basically for months and i'm still doing swim workouts and we'll continue to do swim workouts for months so yeah no definitely it was a wake-up call after that camp and it's still i'm still waking up now so is it mileage because just curious about like the swim mm-hmm. swim base is it do they do they give boost you up in the mileage or is it like getting you stronger by pulling is it, yes. or is it every is it a little bit of everything that's another thing with triathlon and pulling is what they focus on a lot at least my coach jared focuses a lot on pulling and coming from a running background my arms are a little weaker than they need to be for <laughs> triathlon swimming so yeah the focus is definitely a lot on pulling and building arm strength for sure so do you do any band without buoy? Oh, we got a lot of band work. We got all <laughs> kinds of band work going on. Yeah, bands with buoy, bands without buoy. That's the strength. That's but that's just gonna build strength. That's like it's as, as a struggle as it is in the moment. Like yeah, you're like, how am I gonna get to the other side of the pool? At least this is my perspective. Like getting to the other side, and then once you're there, like then you start linking up like uh-huh. hundreds and then two hundred with just the band. And you're like, wow. Like, oh how gosh. is this possible? But it's just building strength. It's yeah. just building strength. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy. Like when you first start doing it and you've got that band and there's no buoy, like I feel like by the time I get to the, I'm standing up. Like I feel like oh, I should the be. The first time I was literally vertical. Yeah. Like, what is this <laughs> torture device? I was like, my legs are at the bottom of the pool. It's like, 
I don't think I can. I can't swim. Like I couldn't even swim. I was like, this doesn't make any sense to me. I was like, can I just use my legs again? And do you do? do they have you do in dry land. Do you do dry land exercises yeah. too, like swim bands? Mm-hmm. I'd go through like different blocks, but for a while I had to do like a lot of strength in the gym. Like now that we're racing, it's kind of harder to do that stuff. Yeah. But I would get in the gym, do some pull ups. Which oh man, I don't know what it is about pull ups, but those just give me anxiety. <laughs> I guess because I'm I'm super tall, so I just blame that on the fact that I can't do pull ups, but. <laughs> Yeah, got a lot of that going on. And then swim cords, too. I don't know if you guys use those, but mm-hmm. I'll do that occasionally to get the activation work in. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of things you can do to get better at, in the pool. And you already, you must already feel a difference. Like, just oh, yeah. activate, just using the bands, mm-hmm. just swimming with the band. Like, just a little bit. Yeah, drastic. So, okay. how, what's the time frame between now and when you got feedback from Colorado Springs? Uh, almost a year now. Okay. 10, 11 months. Yeah. Okay. It's been a while. Um, I had actually taken some footage back in February of last year. I had to send that to Barb, like, before I'd done anything. And I looked back at that the other day, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I can't believe I sent that to her. Like, I looked so inadequate. I was like, how'd she even, why'd she even take me on? I was like, yeah, we've come a long way. And then how's the, like, where, so the focus has been on the swim, but Mm -hmm. now you're in race season. So, obviously, they had to get the bike. And where were they putting your run? Were they just kind of just maintaining run? Yeah, just maintaining run. I didn't start doing a lot of run workouts until just recently, maybe, maybe, like, January. Uh, But, yeah, before that, it was just a lot of swimming. Mainly because I had to hit those like swim standard times to get into the program. After that, I kind of stopped my swim block and just swam a more normal amount. So when was it determined that you were in the program? December 31st, 2017. Nice. Yeah. So Was that the deadline? Started off the new year wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't quite the deadline, but it was getting there. It was getting there. That's um, cool. So this is how it works then, people. Like, So our, our annual fees so that we don't have to pay that per race like registration, extra registration fee, is that they they get you guys they send you to a camp Mm -hmm. then they're just like watching you this is like kind of reminding me of like like a sci-fi movie like you feel like you're a lab rat yeah like they're watching you they're like that girl goes to the pool that girl needs to get on the bike that girl needs to start running and then (laughs) then they send you to different coaches across the country based on where you like what is how many coaches Mm -hmm. around the country do you know like are there pods of there are so many coaches yeah it really just depends on your situation for me it was just easy because I am from Encinitas and the program I wanted to get into was literally based in Encinitas 10 minutes away. So triathlon hub right here. Yeah. So it all worked out for me pretty well. But yeah, a lot of other people who go through this are all across the United States, like different states. And then Barb will set you up with a coach in your area or even a remote coach. You can do like online training. Nice. Cool. So those are all USAT coaches. Mm -hmm. And then so... Like, Jared, is he coaching, like, the girls that you live with? Like, you've got some mm-hmm. other friends that yeah. you... So you guys are all being coached under him? We're all being coached under him, yep. So. Do you guys always train together? We definitely have sessions that we do together, but we can also train on our own, or we do train on our own sometimes. And then you're all Team USAT. You're training with each other, racing against each other. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's mm-hmm. kind of weird, yeah. So have you... So it's race season now, but I want to go back to the bike. Were you biking in college? Like, where was your bike or... How much how much play are they putting on the bike? Because mm-hmm. you're are you racing draft legal or yeah draft legal mm-hmm. draft legal yeah so you need to get some like the technical yeah piece of I know it. there's a lot of like we focus a lot on skills and strategy and we do a lot of the like, draft simulation type of work um, in this program but yeah the bike I never biked in college. I had bike when I was younger. I actually did some crit races too. And I was, I don't know what I was doing. And I was 11 or 12, not taking the normal 11 to 12 year old path so with athletics, but I even had like an aero helmet at one point. So I had been on a bike before, had some bike experience, but in college, the only time I would get on the bike was if I was hurt, which wasn't for super long periods of time. So yeah, definitely that's been a focus as well. Of course, swimming has been the main, but Getting on the bike is and also do you guys get me. support for equipment like your bikes and yeah how we does have, that happen yeah we have a, they give us a bike thankfully because bikes are expensive um, and we get like a variety of different equipment but nothing crazy definitely enough to make things happen very improve. cool yeah and when was your first race that was your first race this season Richmond um, it was in Barbados back in February okay yeah so so that was a nice ago. early season race mm-hmm. how'd that go. That was actually probably my best race just because I was coming off my swim block. So I felt a lot better in the ocean. And since I don't really have a swim base, it's just easy for me to lose that fitness as I'm racing, which I've found recently that I need to swim a lot more to maintain any kind of fitness that I gain. So unfortunately, I fell on the bike. I lost the front pack, but every triathlon has its ups and downs, which I'm realizing. And are these races, BJ, you might know this too, like are these races kind of a 
a level of like WTS, like World Triathlon Series racing. Yeah. The World Cup or? The Continental Cups. And then after that, it's the World Cup level. And then after that, it's WTS. We got three different levels going on. All right, cool. I didn't know that. All right, I didn't Mm -hmm. know how that worked. Very cool. So you're, is there like, is it an age limit or is it really like skill level? Kind of like where you're competing, like where it's appropriate for you to compete? Mm -hmm. Yep, it's just skill level basically. I mean, I think anyone can do it, but... There's obviously more prize money at WTS. Right. Because you win $20,000 versus, you know. Right. Because there's like, you know, early 20s racing in in ITU. Yeah. Like WTS. There's people who run under 23 and they'll do the regular race. Cool. Oh, this is so cool to understand how this all works. It gets complicated. Like, I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. Man, they make it so like, running was simple. (laughs) <laughs> that's why I always say I'm like man running was simple you got your shoes you know what race you're doing you just show up and out triathlon it just adds so many layers yeah you got your bike and you better have that helmet oh, buckled yeah. or you're done Oof, you gotta so mount and dismount at this line yep. before this line after this line I always have to think about that during the race too I'm like hey this one's before this one's after you're like you're so tired you have to think about all these things while you're like trying to work out hard your heart rate's like through the roof and you're like I can't think right now so coming into this sport as a non-swimmer how is your yeah. swim race experiences been i mean open water is also a lot different from pool swimming i feel like i have a lot of pool fitness but now just the strategy i need to work on which i I don't know i've just learned something new every race about open water like sighting just trying to stay on people's feet there's just so much you have to do right and especially for me not being the strongest swimmer i have to do everything right or if one thing goes wrong my whole swim goes wrong so how is it as far as like the battle the is battle, it, like, is there battles out? Like, is there like because <gasps> the I want turnbuey battles? Yeah, there's like, battles. Yeah, there's battles. Mm-hmm. And how are you with that? Like, you know, a lot of people have, a lot of age groupers have panic over the swim, and oh, yeah. we're not even swimming in ha- like a quarter of the battle that you guys are swimming in, mm-hmm. or really what you're prepping for. Because yeah. if you watch those like WTS races. Mm-hmm. The buoys are like that. We like they watch it. We'll pause it and be like, oh my God, that they guy. Put it right there. And then we rewind. Yeah. We're like, look at that guy. He got dunked. Oh, that guy got dunked. And <laughs> Everyone's like, getting dunked. Gone. How is it possible? I know. So yeah. if you're not like in the, if you're not in that first like three or four people, like, or if you're yeah. not like the last two or three, like if you're in that clunk. Like, yeah. And you look up and you like see those front people and you're like, oh my God, that looks so nice. Like they just have all this clear water and you're like, I'm getting mauled. <laughs> yeah. No, people get aggressive. And I think the key is just not panicking. Like as as much as you want to panic and freak out, like just trying to remain calm, even when you're getting dunked under. How do you under. not panic? I mean, obviously you panic a little bit, but then you have to like pull yourself back and be like, okay, like I know how to swim. I can lift my head up and breathe. Like we're going to be fine. Is that what's going through your, is that what you, is this is a <laughs> yes, st- positive self-talk? self dialogue. <laughs> Ellie, you're not going to die. Like sometimes you're like, man, like I might like drown out here. Yeah. But no, just trying to re- remain calm once you catch yourself starting to panic. It reminds me of that uh, story that Matt McElroy was telling on his episode when he was like got really like donked and like pushed under and everything and he came up and was like (gasps) and then he was like I gotta go because he was like losing the pack and he realized in that moment like I I could like freak out and I think I almost died but like I gotta get in that with that group and you're just so engaged in the race Mm -hmm. and you know the the purpose of you being out there which is like to be your best right to be your best and race your best just so what? So we can look back and say, okay, well, I could have done that a little better. I could have done that a little better, <laughs> exactly. right? Like, this is how we start. We have to start to nitpick it. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, it really, I, I, that's how I've gotten through it in the past. And, you know, especially at the beginning of triathlon when I was like, oh, I know how to, like, I love swimming, whatever. And I just would, like, jump right in the front. And I remember the first time, like, <gasps> oh, my God, I'm going to die, you know? And just, like, you're not going to die. You just got another breath. Exactly. Like, you just took another breath. You're, you're okay, you know? And I think when we focus on, like, my chest is closing up, like, mm-hmm. that's going to make it worse, yes. right? What we focus on expands. Exactly. So, yeah, just, like, restarting, restarting, restarting. And mm-hmm. I think the level that you're racing at requires this level of being present. Mm-hmm. Like, you have oh, got to be in the moment. It's amazing, like... Not just the swim, but the bike. Like my last race, my transition, my first transition, I stumbled getting on my bike. I lost maybe like four seconds from the people I came out of the water with. And I was like, oh, it's fine. Like I'm going to catch them in like five seconds once I get my shoes in. And then I never caught them. I was like, oh, like they just started biking away from me. Like it's amazing how a few seconds can make such a huge, it can affect your entire race in this sport. Yeah. Because once people start drafting and they're together and you're alone, like you're not catching them. So. Yeah, or you're just going to, like, use everything yes. to or catch up to them. waste all your energy, exactly. 
So after Barbados, how many times have you raced this year? Are you pretty solid into your season? Or? Four times. Yeah, I went to Florida a couple weeks after that. Had two, re- two races there. And then my, my most recent in Virginia. Virginia was oh, definitely the most humbling so far for me. Yeah. Didn't go very well. Yeah. Like I said, just need to work on the strategy. And I definitely probably, I panicked in the water a couple of times, lost the pack, and then you're just off. It's, it's rough. Go ahead. And do they have the same thing on the bike? If you get lapped on the bike, you're out of the race. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, yeah, if you get lapped, you're out. Lapped by the lead group. Yeah. yeah. Um, so after that, after that, so did, did you push it for that? that bike where you yeah. just like well that was the problem out. i like came out of the water like pretty like basically last i had a few people with me and then i lost them in transition so then i was just on my own the entire bike and i was like this is just i felt like not even, i don't want to say embarrassed but i was like i'm so much better than this like what am i doing and it was just all like the fact that i'm a rookie and I'm, i made a bunch of mistakes thankfully i can run well so i ended up finishing in the middle but but yeah, it's, it was, it's gonna oof. be nice to know that though. Like you can, <laughs> it is nice. Like yeah. you have that run mm-hmm. in your back pocket. Exactly. But but to dig deep in that bike, it's there's probably an uh, uh, an instance there where you're like, mm, you know, I'm just gonna hang, wait for the next group to come through, mm-hmm. or I can use this as a TT and just get as fast as I can and use this as experience. Yeah. See what I have in my run legs after an effort like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I yeah basically time trialed the bike and. Came off the bike feeling pretty heavy, heavier than I have felt in my other races because I was alone. Um, but I was still able to power through. So that's nice knowing that. Definitely learned that I can still run well off the bike. So even when the bike's hard and I'm not drafting. You're, you mean you're in the race, right? And mm-hmm. you just got to be in the moment. You got to make as best choices as you can to get as high up as you can in the rankings in that day. But now you come off it, right? Mm-hmm. And now there's like the kind of the, the lull after the storm. And so... Because, you know, you kind of had a couple panics on the swim. Like, where where were you mentally with that? Oh, yeah. Like, after, well, coming out of the water, I was definitely, like, mentally. Even, upset. like, you were yeah, kind of, like, in the race. It I was, was kind of new. I was like, oh, man, like, this isn't, this isn't going according to plan. And I still try my best. But, yeah, after the race, I definitely was disappointed for a while. It takes me, like, a couple of days if I have a bad performance or just one that I feel like is bad for me, even if it's not really that bad. Takes me a couple of days to do some like self reflection and just like think back on like the mistakes I made and I don't know just realize that it's not the end of the world it's just racing obviously it's a little more serious when you're a professional athlete but yeah I think I just give myself 24 to 48 hours to be upset and then I get over it I like, like the deadline yeah I like the deadline yeah I think the deadline is good mm-hmm. before I had kind of the mindset that I have now and working up to the mindset I have now. I, and of course I'm not competing at your level. I would give myself a deadline, mm-hmm. you know, you like, have to. It'd be you like yourself insane. Like there's no point in dwelling on the past. It's right. The past. Yeah. Now here's my question. You came out of the swim and you kind of like feeling that, like that, that kind of that negativity of like, mm-hmm. Oh God, like I know it's already like, <laughs> oh, this yeah. is going to be, and that like, that kind of feels heavy. Mm-hmm. What do you think would have happened if you didn't, if you didn't carry that mental piece into the bike? Oh, I think I definitely would have had a better transition and I would have been with people on the bike and I probably would have finished a lot higher in the end. But at the, in the moment, you just, it's hard to it's so get hard. over it. And yeah. It's amazing. so hard because that's, that, those kinds of thoughts are heavy and they yeah, weigh, they're, they're, they're really dense and they weigh you down. Mm-hmm. But when you're, when you're in them, it's like you, you can't be present when you're in those thoughts, even mm-hmm. though you're having those thoughts in the present moment, but you're not present because what you're thinking about already happened exactly. and it doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So the the best, the really the only thing you can do to drop those and they hassle you like anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't mean that those thoughts are going to go away like in an instant. No way. They might have mm-hmm. still hassled you, but it's like this constant redirection just back to like, okay, here's the pedal stroke. Mm-hmm. Here is my hands on the handlebars. Like, okay, I can feel that in my quad. Were you doing like any of that to just try and like bring yourself back to the moment? Yeah, I mean, I definitely like right when I came out of the water, I was like, just flooded with like negative thoughts and I've been racing for so long. I was like, okay, we got to just, it happened. We're over it. And I just focused on hammering up to transition. And yeah, just those little things like, okay, run fast to transition, get on your bike. And I obviously stumbled on the bike. So I feel like that just kind of set me back again to the negative thoughts. But yeah, I mean, you can't do anything about what already happened. So you just have to focus on exactly. those little things moving forward. Yeah. And when you get you to that, when you get to the run, which is your comp, no, you shouldn't say your comfort zone, but yeah. you're more confident oh, in it. Okay. Zone. Yeah. Was, <laughs> does accurate. all that stuff get washed away? Like when yeah. you're on that run, you're like, okay, zone in. You, oh. you go back to college, go back to high school, and mm-hmm. you're, you're just like 
it's like a relief more than anything i'm like like on the bike i was like just get to the run just get to the run because you know you can do that well so i mean obviously once i keep doing triathlon for longer i think the bike and swim will obviously cause me a lot less anxiety but right now having that run and just knowing like i can run is so Mm -hmm. comforting even when i'm having a hard time on the bike yeah, it, just getting out, getting into your sneakers and just like, ham- where you're just like, it's on, like yeah. I own this. Yeah, I just feel like a lot more, <laughs> a lot more confident on the run, let's just yeah. say. And like the mental confidence is huge for me. Like growing up, I went through phases where I was not confident with running and it just affects my race performance significantly. Before I don't even realize it until after sometimes, but having that mental edge is huge. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. And so you can have that with the swim and the bike, mm-hmm. even, even where you are now. Because so the feeling, the actual feeling that you get of that confidence of the run, I'm sure you can recall what that feels like, mm-hmm. right? Oh, 100%. So it's taking that feeling and it's having that feeling when you're on the swim mm-hmm. and it's having that same feeling when you're on your bike, even if you're, even if there's that voice in your head that's like, this isn't even real, Yeah. but it, it's the feeling is what the manifestation mm-hmm. is. So the feeling is what's going to really, really help you along, I think, with the physical work to start to shift that mm-hmm. and have that same confidence. Because I'm sure you want that same confidence oh, jumping yeah. off the pontoon, right? <laughs> oh, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I think that would help a lot. Like when you start going through those panic attacks or whatever yeah. in the water, just like being more confident would help a lot. So I would say, not that I'm your coach, but I would say like <laughs> that run confidence, that run confidence that you have really feel into that and Mm -hmm. start applying it in all these different places. Like apply it like when you're checking out at the grocery store. Like I got this checkout. (laughs) I got this checkout, right? I'm going to nail this social interaction. Yeah, I'm going to nail this. Like I've got this, you know, whatever it may be. Like sometimes that causes anxiety. Like, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Like, I don't know. I can't really talk well. And you're like, this is awkward. So yeah, maybe that would help me. So like taking that, getting the feeling of what that confidence is and knowing that, you don't have to just you don't have to just apply it to the run. It's mm-hmm. easy to apply it to the run because you have the data and the information to back it up. Yeah. But you can take that feeling and you can apply it to anything that you do, like um, depositing something at the bank. Like mm-hmm. I got this deposit, you know, like <laughs> I love that. yeah, That's great. and just and play with that. And so maybe it might even be like less pressure, but almost as effective applying it to things that feel mundane. Mm-hmm. Doing the laundry. Because you're now you're not selectively applying it. No, now you're like so applying sense. it like every like I've got this sip of water, right? Like I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get this sip of water down, and this is just like coming in right now. So mm-hmm. I, I feel compelled to share it. Uh, and I think that what you'll do is you'll give that confidence. You'll say, wait a minute, that doesn't have to just be for the run. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get the confidence, and then the data and the information is gonna catch up. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it becomes like a constant state of mind rather than yeah. just like an exercise thing. Yeah. Like a performance thing. It's just like your way of living. Right. Like this yeah. whole life is just a game. Like mm-hmm. it's a game <laughs> it's of all life. It's a game, yeah. It is. It's just a game and we're so all true. players. Mm-hmm. So I I always like, I like to apply that like with the like, I'm going to go pick out this kale at the farmer's market. <laughs> pick out yeah, the best I'm going to get it. And these strawberries. And I just pick the best <laughs> bunch of strawberries. And just taking that confidence and letting it be the way that you move through the world. Mm-hmm. And then just playing with it, like, and understand that this is just a game. Like we get to play it any way we want Mm -hmm. and we can get so stuck in our stories about not being a swimmer or not being, you know, this or that, but we can change those stories too, because we're the ones that are writing the script every single day. I love that so much. That is exactly what I'm trying to do. Yep. Yeah. I relate. All right. I love that. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So what's next then? So that was your last race was Richmond. Yes. And so before we talk about what's next, let's talk about what you took away from that race and Mm -hmm. what you're going to apply to the next race. Yeah. um, Definitely the confidence thing in the water is huge for me. Just believing in myself more and Mm -hmm. obviously getting back into the pool to do some more hard workouts is key as well. I need to work on my fitness, but yeah, just thinking of myself as more than just a runner. I think that's the main thing that I've been, that's how I've been doing, going about this so far. Just like, I'm a runner. Like, I mean, I can kind of bike, kind of swim, but the only thing I can really do is run. Like, I'm just not confident enough. So taking that state of mind and throwing it in the trash when I line up for my next race will be so helpful, I think. 
as you're swimming, I'm a swimmer. I'm yeah, a swimmer. That's what like, I need to think instead of I'm a runner and I'm just learning yeah, just how to swim. Just wait to the run. Just wait yeah. to the run. Just wait yeah. to the run. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. that's yeah. what you're going to continue to create over and over again in your performances. Exactly. If you tell yourself like you're just a runner, then you're just going to be a runner. Mm-hmm. But you can be a swimmer, a biker, a runner, like a triathlete. Like, yeah. And in, in this sport, like where you're going, you know very well that you've got to be excellent at all three. Oh, yeah. Exactly. There's no like the game has changed, no. my friend. Yeah. Like, you can't just run it i mean I it's this guy's swimming just swimming so fast <laughs> yeah. and then running like 30 minute 10ks yeah like, i feel like the stigma around triathlon used to be like everyone's subpar three sports they put them all together and you had a triathlete right. right now looking at the top itu people especially i'm like hey you gotta swim really fast bike really fast and be really fast a fast runner so it's just so magnificent though to like watch flora duffy like yeah, she's just example. super graceful so gritty mm-hmm. and just beautiful creation watching her race. And she's mm-hmm. leading the races. Like she's leading out of the swim or in the top oh, three. Yeah. She's leading the bike or in the, with two other uh, cyclists. And then she pushes it out on the run. So mm-hmm. her stigma was she's a cyclist. She's, you know, strong cyclist, yeah. ex-terror. She, but what she's done is just morphed into this person who is it's just, you see the natural over the past five years of just mm-hmm. like, She's good at everything. Yeah. There's not one thing that she's deficient in. And it all came from being a strong cyclist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's no reason why other people can't just take whatever their specialty is, you know, the swimmer or the runner, and just transform yourself into that yeah. full, like, triathlete. Like, and that's the thing. Tri- it took her five years. And I think when I initially came into this, I was like, it'll be a year. I guess, it, yeah, it takes longer than a year to become a forward Duffy. So. But think about how, how fast is, I mean... I'm sure there's times where it feels like a day is like a hundred hours, mm-hmm. but like when you look back where you were a year ago, mm-hmm. like a year flies. Yeah. Oh, it's, an, I cannot believe it's already June. Like, a year I, flies. It's and, nuts. um, who's it? Claire Michelle. She got what second, I can't remember what race it was, but it was recent. Mm-hmm. It basically, what did she say? It was like four years to move up one spot, but like I did it, you know, kind yeah. of thing. And it makes you realize like at the tippity top, that's what it takes. But mm-hmm. That's what it takes, right? So yeah. everybody is moving. When when you're up there, Flora Duffy is Flora Duffy's probably going to be Ironman World Champion. I yeah. mean, I can't imagine that she's going to like stop at you know um, no, ITU, which I love, mm-hmm. by the way, what you guys are doing to long course. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely like now you're making that like you've got to be an incredible swimmer, yeah. incredible biker, incredible Standard runner. Is always raising. Yep. It's yeah, it's unbelievable. Oh, did you pull that yeah, up? Yeah, she came in fifth at Yokohama. I think she was like sixth. Oh yeah, a few years she was ago. sixth. Yeah, and it was like so one spot, one spot, yeah. one spot. But she had been working so hard for it, and um, I mean that's, but that's her story, right? Mm-hmm. You you don't know how it's it's all going to shake down for you. Yeah. So okay, so what's next? What's next on the race schedule? Was the rest we of the have season a World look Cup like next week? Sweet. Yep, in Mexico, Puerto Mexico. No idea if I pronounced that right, but I actually went there in high school. I, did, I forgot to mention, I did triathlon for like a year in high school, very briefly. After I had the, done I, a junior after race in Mexico, and I'm going back next week. Nice. Yeah. To the same venue? The same venue. I'm like, what? Like, that's what so they, cool. Some random little city in Mexico, but we're making a reappearance, so. So that's next week? Yeah. How are you feeling? Um, definitely nervous, because I don't really feel like I've mastered the Conti Cup level yet, but I'm excited. I think it'll play to my strengths more, because it's an ocean swim. It's warmer. I like the heat, so we'll see. Yeah, and yeah. you're a swimmer. And I'm a swimmer. And I'm definitely an ocean swimmer, love of water. Yeah, yes. so we got it all. I mean, it's perfect. All just, and I'm a biker too. There's a hill. I'm really yeah. good at hills. So. And then you're a runner. We know that. Yeah. But so, that's I mean, cool. Yeah. You're a full spectrum triathlete. <laughs> I'm a triathlete. Yeah, you've got you've got everything it takes yes. to make a statement yes. at that race. Exactly. Yeah, Very we're cool. We're gonna make a statement for sure. Yeah, you are. I love it. All right, so you get a World Cup next week, and then how yes. long is your season? So after that, I'm gonna take a couple weeks off or just a break from racing and training. I'll still do some training, but we have a little bit of a break and then we're going to reevaluate, reassess, see what kind of races to do after that based on Mexico. Cool. Yeah. So not really, don't have a schedule yet for the rest of the year. And can you, so can you jump? So these Conti cups, they're all sprint, mm-hmm. right? Pretty, sprint yeah, distance I think for the so. most part. I went on sprints. I did actually one Olympic. I did a safe surf city, um, non-draft, but other than that, I've done all sprint. Do you have the option to jump into any races like the Carlsbad Triathlon or anything that's... Yeah. Because you ran the, you ran the uh, Carlsbad 5K. Yeah, I ran the Carlsbad 5K. Yeah, so we're allowed to do that stuff if we want to or if my coach sees that as a good opportunity. But our focus is definitely ITU. 
But as a professional, you're not limited by mm. anything that you can. No, yeah, we can, you can pretty much do whatever into. we want. Yeah. yeah. So I could do an Ironman next week if I really wanted to do an Ironman next week, but I don't know about that. That would probably take away from the short-term goals. Yeah, maybe just an Ironman for Mexico, see yeah. how that goes. Yeah, probably recover. Right? Yeah, because you're all about speed right now. Yeah. You yes. are all about speed. Mm-hmm. So you're all about speed, but you're still doing four-hour bikes. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, what's what's like a long run for you? Longest run I've done is one hour, 40 minutes. So the running isn't too crazy. It's mainly the biking i found is a little, little nuts. And within that four hours, are you doing like intervals and things like that? It depends. Yeah. Sometimes I've gone out for three to four hours, just easy aerobic, easy in quotes, but, um, yeah. And then other times we have efforts thrown in there. It really just depends on the block or the day. Mm -hmm. And so what do you see? Like take all like limitations away. What do you see for your trajectory? In like three to four years time, I want to be at the top of WTS, but that's a lot to do. I have a lot of work ahead of me. I'm realizing I'm going to have to grind a lot to get there, but I'm definitely willing to put in the work. I think initially I said like in my head, I'm going to give this one to two years to 2020, see what happens. But I think I'm willing to put in more time. So that'd be ideal if I was at the top of the world level or WTS level in a few years it's perfect to have those goals. Like that's why we, we call this out. It's like, and to visualize it, but then, okay, it's up there. Mm -hmm. Now you detach. Now it's like, let's grind. Let's get to the pool today. Let's, let's do this set. Let's do the bike. Let's do this. And continually come back into that, the moment to give each workout and each session, 100% of yourself. Mm -hmm. Because what we find is a lot of people will continually go out to that goal or be like, well, it's, you know, looking at their watch two years now and yeah. I'm not like, <laughs> things aren't happening. Exactly. But you have to be flexible. Like you have mm-hmm. that goal, that pie in the sky, which everyone should have. Like we're not saying don't have goals. Like goals are so key and you got to visualize where you're going to go. Mm-hmm. But yet dive into that instance of every session. And and there's going to be doubt. There's going to be sessions where you're like, I, I'm not hitting my times. Yeah. But that's when you just do the work. <laughs> like you just, Sorry. It's all right. You just do the work like mm-hmm. day in and day out. Yeah. So have you come to that point yet in your training where, you're, where you've done a session and you're like, I'm not hitting it. I'm not oh, doing yeah. it. And it's, so what now? I've definitely hit like the breaking point during sessions and just felt like I needed to stop doing it or give up. But I just remember like, you got to take it day by day. You have to focus on the small goals, the small wins, nailing out sessions that seem impossible at the time being able to look back and realize like that's going to help me reach that long-term goal, that huge goal in four years. Like that's what gets me through. But I've definitely had periods where I just want to stop and think it's not worth it anymore. Then I just have to bring myself back and realize, you know, Ellie, this is three to four years. Okay. It's okay. If you have one bad day, we're just going to try our best, see what happens on the day, no matter what. Is your, that's so awesome. Is your, is your default to push through or is your default to back off? I would say push through 90% of the time. Sometimes I like just have a really, I struggle, but through the years I've gotten a lot better at just pushing through no matter what, even if I, unless I'm like hurt or severely right, injured. Right, obviously, yeah. If you have <laughs> I'm like, okay, severe my, pain. Whole, my hip might fall off, but I'm just going to keep going right. and myself. No. But there's that, there's that fine line between pain and just the, sen- you feel a yeah. sensation and it's like, exactly. this is hard. Well, yeah, it's supposed to be hard. You're <laughs> That's running, what I have to tell right? myself. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, oh, this is supposed, like with running, it's kind of gotten to the point where I'm so familiar with how I feel like in terms, I'm just comfortable with pain. I think biking and swimming has just been harder for me that way because I'm not as familiar with the sensations that you go through during a hard workout. Like, I'm like, this should feel comfortable. Like, I should feel strong. But I'm like, oh, maybe this isn't... I'm just learning as I go how things are supposed to feel, I guess. So on a recent run, you had, I think it was... Uh, and by the way, Ellie has an awesome YouTube channel. You guys oh, need to check it out. You guys should definitely check out my YouTube. <laughs> we got some great videos on there. Um, you had an 80-minute <laughs> run on the plan, and it was what ever you could do. Oh yeah. So you had the option. So you had the option to take it easy and take it slow. Athletes listen up. So you had the option to do that or you had the option to add tempo or intervals or whatever. Yeah. And what did you choose? I chose, well, I went into it not putting any restrictions on myself. I was like, Ellie, if you feel like going easy today, we're going to go easy. So the first half I took it pretty comfortably. And then I was like, you know what? You feel good. We're going to take advantage of this and we're going to go hard. We're going to go hard because I knew that physically I could do it. And mentally, I was in a good headspace. So definitely didn't have to take it hard. But for some reason, I just felt like it. I don't know. 
So, so he, now here's the point. So now can you do, what have you done on the bike and the swim? Have you had yeah, see, similar I don't know instances? if I had that. I don't have that yet on the swim and the bike, but. So if they say take it easy on the bike or take it easy on the swim, so, you're like, I'm so this easy. This is way too related. Yeah. Like when they say take it easy on the swim or the bike, I'm like, yes, taking it easy. Like easy. That's so true. I didn't even, wow. I'm like getting all these like things coming to me right now. Well, I see you in the hot tub, like cruising, like <laughs> Alga Norte, like I'm just sitting here by myself. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's, that's my swim sessions. That's why I haven't done so well yet. Cause I'm just in the jacuzzi. No, but, but... I think that's key. I think it's, I think it's mm-hmm. good. To, and what Jess was talking about before is like, take, don't be selective with where yeah. you push and Wow, that's so true. It's 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 not you're not alone. Like this yeah. is what I go through, what you go through, what my athletes go through. It's like we we want to be there. We mm-hmm. want to be great, right? Yeah. But we selectively choose, and we want to be great in nutrition. We want to be great yeah. in recovery. We want to be great in our relationships, but but we're selectively doing it, and mm-hmm. and then it's then it's pausing and getting in that space and saying, okay, why am I selectively choosing to only eat well on? Wednesdays through Friday and on the other days yeah. I'm, I'm not but I know that it's detracting from my performance like mm-hmm. get into that gap we call it like jump in there and be like okay why yeah why am I being selective and it's it, it usually comes down to being you're comfortable mm-hmm. like we're all comfortable I'm comfortable you know running fast you're comfortable yeah. running fast Jess is comfortable in the pool there's nothing or in the swim there's nothing that can shake her mm-hmm. but can you translate that to everything yeah else? that's like, the that's hard the thing with triathlon yeah. it's having to transfer that I know, but it's, it's, so it starts with not, it starts with, and this goes for everything, right? Mm -hmm. It starts with not uh, giving fuel to the stories that we already Mm -hmm. have set, right? Like I'm a, you've already said it. I'm a runner. That's my comfort zone. I'm familiar with the pain. So for you to go out and do like hammer time when you, that was probably, that might have even been, would, would you say that that might even have been easier for you than taking that run super easy when oh, you felt 100%. really good? Yeah. And I have like no anxiety going to hard runs ever. Like I'm like, oh <laughs> yes, like I get to do a hard run. Like obviously I know it's gonna be hard, but I'm, I know what's gonna come. Like I know the feelings, I'm aware of what's gonna happen, how I'm gonna feel, how my mind's gonna go, like all that. I just know. But think- you're not a different person from a runner to the bike. You're like, you're still the same person. Yeah. It's, can you see this? Like you're just... You're just, you're yes. like, I didn't come on here. in a therapy session. I'm like, <laughs> compartmentalizing everything in my life. Yeah. For real though. No. Yeah. 100%. But we all do it. We all yeah. do it. And it's, um, but like, yeah, to go out there and, and now start to make, right. So we hear this all the time, like make your weakness, your strength, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's so cliche, mm-hmm. but it's like getting now you could be, here's the gift of you being in your comfort zone on the run. It's like, well, you've developed that. So you know you can develop. And you know this yeah. already. You know you can develop that mm-hmm. in the run. And you know you can develop that in the swim. Yeah. And 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 also, you know you have to, to reach this goal oh, yeah. in three to four years. Which I know you can reach that goal. Mm-hmm. Because I see even beyond that goal. So I see you at the top of WTS. And then you know what's like a year or two after that. <laughs> right? It's the next Olympics. Oh, yeah. That's, yep. So that it is, that it is. Yeah. I mean, and I love these like goals. And so like seeing yourself like, f- like in your downtime, when you're hanging out in your Normatec boots, like take a second to like feel what it's going to be like to be on that podium mm-hmm. in WTS, like again, Yeah, here I am again. Like sometimes I was like, does Gwen ever get bored of like yeah, being on the race? podium? Oh that must be the worst feeling ever. You know, all the work you put in paid like, off. Even just Ugh. to take a minute of like, just feel like, cause the feelings of manifestation, like feeling yeah. the podium, feeling like your feet in your shoes mm-hmm. on the podium, like getting really detailed about it. And then coming back to the Normatec boots and whatever you're doing, right? <laughs> yeah, like doing a video or whatever. It's like BJ was saying, like detaching from it, like don't hang around yeah. in that feeling all day long, but like you just keep putting it out there and then you do the work every day. And then guess what? You're going to be feeling your feet in your shoes on that podium and it's going to rock and you're Mm going to be like, holy crap, like I created this. Yeah, exactly. So it's super exciting, right? Mm -hmm. This is, I'm getting so fired up, like to watch your career. Yeah. Have all these like different thoughts. We should go out and hammer it in the pool right now. Let's go do a swim session right now. uh, (laughs) Max 100, anyone? (laughs) I'm a swimmer. Hell yeah. I love it. Um, 
But I watched, I also watched a recent video where you're having, I love how you called it a quarter life crisis. You were mm-hmm. having like a quarter life crisis. A little bit. And so that will happen, right? Yeah. This isn't all, this isn't all unicorns and rainbows no. and glamour. Being no. a professional triathlete is not mm-hmm. that glamorous. Not at all. No. What's the least glamorous thing about what you do? About this dream you're living? I feel like you'll just wake up one day and look in the mirror and be like, oh, I'm a mess. You kind of just like <laughs> self-care goes out the window. Like your room's in shambles. Like you're just like, what have I been doing? And you look back, you're like, all I've done is swim, bike, and run for like two weeks straight. I haven't cleaned my room. I haven't brushed my hair properly. Like it's just, you don't look that great all the time. You kind of just feel a little lost. Yeah, I guess just... Yeah, it's just that. I don't know. Sometimes it just hits you that you're living kind of a crazy lifestyle and you don't know what you're doing to yourself. Would you have it any any other way right now? I don't. Yeah, I'm living the 23-year-old dream. You know, I remind myself, I'm like, I could sit at a desk. I could just not move all day long, but I don't think I'd be very You could fulfilled. be wearing like nylons. Yeah, yeah. And then I picture myself in the mirror wearing a suit and I'm like... I think I'd rather have messy hair and be in a swimsuit than an actual suit. So. Right, right. And we're not talking, yeah, we're not talking suits or swimsuits or whatever kind of suit. But it's important to like, to to say like, okay, if this is my last day on earth, am I doing what mm-hmm. I want to be doing? Yeah. And would you say you're doing what you want to be doing? I think, I mean, I'm still trying to figure out my life. Every day I kind of wake up. Not questioning my life path, but I think every 23-year-old is... I think we should always every question day, yeah. I think we should always question what we're doing. But I think, yeah, I think I'm doing the right thing right now for myself, so... What else? I had something else I was just thinking about. Um, oh, recovery. Oh, yeah. How, wh- recovery and nutrition. Yeah. What, uh, what have you learned about recovery, adding, like, <sighs> two new sports into your life? Yeah, I've realized that recovery is so crucial because you're doing a lot more hard workouts than you were when you were just running. Like with running, you had your Tuesday workout. At least in college, you had your Tuesday hard workout and your Friday hard workout. Other than that, you had a lot more easy runs thrown in there. Like you were just able to recover faster. Now it really has to be a priority. Like if you're not swimming, biking, or running, you're laying on the couch. You're not out like walking around for miles on end, like tiring yourself out for the next, because you know you have so many sessions the next day. So definitely just being aware of like how much time you're spending on your feet outside of working out and knowing that you can't, you don't really have the freedom of just like going on a hike or doing more exercise. You know what I mean? So, so what do you do for recovery? What are your faves? Definitely laying down, watching some YouTube. <laughs> uh, I use the boots sometimes, like you mentioned, the Norma Tech boots. Um, I get a massage every week, which is, I think is the best. I massage helps me so much. Um, so definitely doing that, being sure we're getting in the adequate nutrition um, as soon as we can after sessions. That is also very key. And yeah, just focusing on like relaxing or doing ac- relaxing activities. Do you Things roll? I, enjoy. I try to roll. I definitely don't <laughs> roll as much as they should. To roll. They say to, how often do they say to roll? Like every day. We roll. We every roll day. every day. Like, you guys roll. You guys are rollers. But you know rollers. what? I do. I I take like um I take a little bit of a rolling hack because we have the trigger point roll. Do you have a okay, trigger yeah, point they roller? They actually gave that to us at camp. Oh, cool. Or yeah. Camp. So we yeah. have the or like we have the orange like the regular one, but then okay. we also oh, have. Yeah. The black one, nice. which is no, yeah, we have the vibrating one. We'll have to try that That's before extra. you leave today. It's it's <laughs> awesome. Oh, man. Yeah, so we have so this is my hack. We've got the regular rollers, but then we have the extreme roller, which is like three times as hard. So I figure, well, if I do that for like even two and a half minutes, like yeah. on my key spots, like no matter how tight, like if I'm like, I just want to go to bed, and I'm like, okay, I got to roll. I literally take like two and a half minutes and just yeah. get the super hard roller out and just hit like a couple of my spots and then be like, all right, victory, I'm going to bed. Yeah. So we we pretty much roll all the time. Now that said, I don't think I did that all the time when I was triathlete. No. Like now, right now I'm just running. But yeah, We're also, we have a lot of yoga. We do a lot of yoga. We do a lot of yoga Do you too. find that helps a lot for recovery? Like yes. I haven't gotten into yoga Absolutely. ever. Huge. Really? I, think, I think it really does like... Last week I did a trail a trail run and um, I came back and literally like picked you up and went to your class and that first down dog I was like oh my god like I thought my both of my Achilles were gonna like snap yeah. but you're just like in there and you're just kind of like moving your body in a way that like maybe in that moment it's gonna take a couple breaths to make it move that way <laughs> but after class I felt so good oh, man. and I felt so good the next day I didn't think I was going to be able to run the next day and I went out and ran again the next day wow. 
Yeah, I mean, I we've been practicing. I've been practicing yoga since like the early '90s. Um, I've been practicing yoga for a long time, but I was like a, a once a weeker mm-hmm. for many, many, many years. And I would say maybe like I don't know to, for the last ten years. No, well, since triathlon, triathlon's been uh, started triathlon like thirteen years, years ago. ago. Um, that I, I realized that once a week wasn't enough because it was just kind of like exactly where I was before. That's what I was going to say. Like, did you actually it was like a that? reset. Yeah. yeah. So it You're wasn't like, really I'm helping. I'm still square one. I'm still so, square one. Yeah. I'm still so like one. every week. I was like every Thursday. I'm still back where I was toes. before. So <laughs> I found like I went to two times a week and made that work. Yeah. And then I found that like at Ironman training, three times a week was like a sweet spot. And wow. sometimes that meant like just getting on YouTube and doing and doing half an hour, mm-hmm. like just following somebody's flow for a half yeah. an hour or 20 minutes helped so much. Wow. So I, and also it's, it strengthens you in a way that it's getting out of the swim, bike, run muscles. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're really moving a lot from like the inside out, I think. And, and maybe getting into kind of the corners and clearing out the cobwebs a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, it's so different from cardio <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's super different so the stress different. you put on your body yeah and in ironman like the weeks leading into ironman my tapers mm-hmm. i do a two-week taper and that's my yoga practice goes from three times a week up to like five or six. Yeah. Oh, when you're like, ironman training that's probably crucial like yeah it's it's so good and it's yeah. just because your volume's coming down you know you're just mm-hmm. doing intense sessions your training goes from like what 20 hours down to like eight yeah six even um but the yoga practice just picks up and i find like i'm able to get to the start line Help, like super healthy and mm-hmm. crisp. Like there's nice. the yeah. grogginess comes out. Of course, I get massage. I think massage is, is awesome too mm-hmm. and acupuncture. But uh, the yoga practice just it 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 just keeps that body Nothing fluid. Like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's I what we so. found. That's what we found. And, and our athletes get it on the plan, whether they like it or not. Like two or three times a <laughs> You're week. Doing yoga. You're doing whether yoga. They, whether yeah. they do it or not. Who no, I think they do actually because <laughs> no, they they're they're feeling they the benefit. The benefits. Yeah. Um, but it's not something that I would recommend that somebody is like, if they're tapering right now for like Ironman, like, oh, I'm going to start doing yoga. No. Like, don't yeah. start no, doing don't yoga. Like, start doing Make anything. it a little sore. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, don't. Make it a part of your practice yeah. though. I, I, Ironman Wisconsin, I finished, I went there by myself, finished Ironman, you know, went back and watched the midnight fin- finishers because mm-hmm. you have to do that. Couldn't sleep all night. Went to a 6 a.m. yoga class the next day. <laughs> I knew it was heated and I just knew, I just knew that it was going to be good. I hobbled my way down there because I didn't have a car Yeah, yeah. (laughs) and it was a mile away. But (laughs) the point of this is like, (laughs) I knew I was going to get on the airplane. And and you just think, so this is the whole recovery thing. You just think about what's Mm -hmm. best for me the next day. Yeah. Um, and for me, that yoga practice was, was what was, what was important yeah, and it, and it, it benefited me because my recovery was jumpstarted and now, mm-hmm. okay, I'm not sitting on the couch, just chilling out and like yeah. eating pizza and like now Recovering. it's done. Right. Yeah. Like get back at it, get back yeah. at it. The body wants to move and that's, mm-hmm. that's what we found. And, and it's so true. Body in, wants in to move. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Body wants to move. All right. Uh, I have one more question. Let's hear it. So let's hear it. <laughs> so it you kind of came into this program and you were like, yeah, one to two years. That sounds good. Yeah. And now you're realizing like, holy crap, like I'm in this development stage <laughs> with other people, like yeah. everybody. And it doesn't matter where you are. Like mm-hmm. you're still in the, de- like oh, Flora yeah. Duffy isn't going into races. Like I, you know, this she might be it. like, I've, <laughs> like I've got this, but it's, she's putting out the effort. Mm-hmm. Like she's still like growing and learning and training and going harder and pushing her limits. And you're going to have to continue to do that too. Mm-hmm. But what you've entered with this realization of like, whoa, it's going to be more than like a year. <laughs> Is you've entered into the world of the unknown. Yeah. And so as somebody who's like, quote unquote, like kind of living her dream, right? Living what's aligned with like your heart and you're walking into this unknown. What do you have to say about like to somebody maybe who's doing this, but like to stay committed to it? Mm -hmm. How do you stay committed to it? I think just knowing that I'm putting down consistent training every day helps me a ton because that's how I approached college running. Like I didn't get good until the end. Like there were years where I was in a developmental phase. Like I was just doing more miles, but I was feeling horrible. I didn't see any of the work paying off in the short term, but now knowing like in the long term that that actually did lead to something amazing and it led to a great running career and now triathlon. I think just, yeah, like I said, putting down the consistent training every day is what's going to 
get me through and what everyone should think about just the day-to-day grind and knowing that if you're putting down solid work over a long period of time you will reach your goals perfect yeah love it thank you so much thank, thank you. you yeah that was an hour girl you know that like went by. like that Ooh. that's ellie you guys hope you enjoyed the show and i hope that you're willing to apply some of the ideas that we played with today Look at where you're selectively applying your comforts and your strengths and practice confidence across the board. We have a great extra with Ellie that's already up on Patreon. So give that a listen and let us know what you think. Coach BJ has been loving up this community lately with some top secret insight with his daily vlogs. So it's been super fun to cultivate this arm of Yogi Triathlete a bit more. Thank you for your patience as we do that. And thank you all for your support. Check out the show notes for ways to connect with Ellie and other pods we mentioned on this episode. We'll be back next week with another amazing human. I'm really excited for our upcoming lineup. So stay tuned, share the show, and let's continue to show up. Show up every day to yourself, for yourself, and have a frequent visit with yourself. Be open to feedback, especially in the areas that you want to grow and keep creating space through meditation and mindful living so there is no veil shading your view from how you move through the world. This, you guys, is where our free will lies and it's where all limits lift from our path ahead.